We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Today we are wrapping up IU's win against Rutgers, a 33-27 victory that pushed IU over the 500 mark to 5-4 and 3-3 and in the Big Ten. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Co-host TJ Inman will be along shortly uh, here in a second. I just wanted to go over the win. It it was an ugly win, but uh, a win nonetheless. And now we welcome in TJ. TJ, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. As always, great to be on and uh, talk about a win. Like you said, an an ugly slash really weird. It was uh, really a wild game, uh, I'm sure, for the non-invested fan uh, if you're just neutral, just watching that game for some reason, it was probably hilarious. Um, for us, it was really stressful and uh, frustrating and nerve-wracking because there was a lot on the line uh, for Indiana, and eventually it was uh, a win that you'll take and move on and just uh, hope that these issues can get cleaned up uh, in time to get the sixth win because I don't think they would have beaten very many uh, Big Ten teams, maybe you beat Purdue playing like that because Purdue is equally careless with the ball, but uh, there weren't too many games, too many teams you would have beaten uh, making that many mistakes yesterday on Saturday, but they were playing records. That's all that mattered. So uh, did nothing yeah, to win, especially and, on defense. Yeah, and and to be there um, in, in person, it was it – was, I, I didn't feel any sense of panic. I was in the, the radio booth doing yeah. – uh, stats again, and, and there was no panic in in in, in the radio personalities as as well either. Rutgers is not good. Indiana really should have beaten this team uh, by at least twenty points. And from my calculations, and it's rough calculations, uh, Indiana left via kicks uh, eleven points on the board. Whether it was the blocked, uh, you know, missed extra points, uh, blocked field mm-hmm. goals, missed field goals, you name it. And then uh, via the turnover, they, um, you know, they, they left another three to seven points uh, on the board with, you know, Legos, um, Legos interception at the 16-yard line uh, takes away yep. you know, possibly a touchdown. And so you're looking at, at, at maybe a 17 to 20-point 20, 20 swing there uh, where, you know, now you're talking about IU putting up, you know, into the mid-40s, maybe even 50 points. They uh, put up good offensive numbers, 500 yardage-wise, you know, 560-something yards. The ground game wasn't all that there, but I think that was more of a, a scheme uh, from Rutgers trying not to to get beat by yeah. this uh, bacon and legs package. Uh, you saw a few big runs uh, burst from uh, one from uh, 
Xander Diamont, who had an up-and-down day, uh, his, his touchdown and all the good feelings uh, on that long run were kind of wiped out by the fumble he had uh, trying to scramble around for extra yards uh, when Rutgers picked it up and took for a touchdown. And then, you know, Tyler Nate just never got going, and he, he also fumbled the ball as well. Uh, so, you know, and, and Xander's fumble came, I, I believe, inside the uh, Rutgers 30-yard line as well. So th- there are more yep. points. Uh, that are left on the field. And, and you're right, TJ, I, I don't think IU beats another Big Ten team uh, playing that way. Um, I don't even think they, they would beat Purdue. Purdue is, you know, as bad as their record is, they, they still have the Big Ten's leading passer. They have a very good running back in, in Markel Jones. Uh, so if eh, you're just going to give maybe. teams points, it, it, it's I, I just think Rutgers is that bad. Um, yeah. But, you yeah, know, I, it, it's – you know, Purdue might be the only team, the other team they beat. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about the game coming up this week with a, a possible top ten foe uh, in Penn State. But uh, to me, the the story coming out of this is uh, there, there are two things. One, what are you going to do with your kicker? Because that was a big topic at, at Kevin Wilson's um, press conference today. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like I, I've seen the message boards. I've seen people ha- don't hate on the kid with an injury. He, he's not hurt physically anymore. He's over his quad injury. No. Um, you know, they, he, he kicked the ball off when he did. He kicked it well the other day. I think for field goals and extra points, it's mental. They tried Aaron Del Grasso on um, on kickoffs as well. It didn't go as planned. Uh, and then you no. also had the Devontae Williams fumble. So, you know, the number one is, is getting their, their kicking, you know, and it's not just the kicker. It's the protection. It's the hold. Right. It's the whole production yep. of, yeah, of of the, the uh, field goal PAT team. Uh, and then the second um, the, the second thing that stood out, the second storyline, this defense is dominant um, from, from that first drive on. Uh, you know, Rutgers yep. – scored uh, the uh, a touchdown on the blown play, a 68-yard um, uh, pass. And then after that, I, I think it was all they uh, – their second touchdown was on a fumble recovery, uh, you know, scoop and score. And then the other touchdown came on a short field when Indiana gave them the ball to start the second half at the, at, uh, at Indiana's own 21-yard line, and they went in. Other than that, they played terrific. They held Rutgers to one for 16 on third downs. Uh, they forced, I think, thir- they had 13 stops in a total, and I-, I think they went eight straight drives where they, they forced a Rutgers punt or-, or turnover on downs or turnover of some sort. So that- that's what I took away from the game. What else did you take away, TJ? Yeah, I think you were dead on with both of those points. The entire special teams unit, um, minus the coverage units, I think the coverage units have done a nice job Um for the most part, I think you know they gave up a couple of big plays this year. Well, but for they, the most part, I think the coverage units have been very good. Um, well, I, I do want to point out, TJ, the, the punt game was good on Saturday, and they did block another punt. So there are some bright yeah. spots on special yeah. teams that we yeah. don't want to forget about. The rest of uh, really the kicking game, I think you're right. Uh, singling out that particular facet of special teams, the kicking game is what's the problem. And I, I, I feel bad uh, for Griffin Oaks because it's it's moved into an area where um, 
it's being recognized as an issue that's it's hit his head and uh it's it's a mental uh mental block right now that he's he's not getting over Kevin Wilson talked about it a little bit, which you know it, the the comments were equal parts uh funny just picturing Kevin Wilson as a sports psychologist uh he was talking about you know Gary Barnett days with illustrations of a monkey grabbing a banana and it was kind of humorous, but then it's also kind of, uh, kind of sad because Griffin Oaks, uh, a very talented kicker. We saw it. We know what he's capable of. And, and right now it's just, it's not happening. Everything that could go wrong with that kicking game is. So it's, that's definitely concerning, uh, because if you're going to beat Penn state, you're going to need a good performance from that kicking game or at the very least, performance where things don't go wrong. You know, you don't have kicks go out of bounds. You don't have extra points. You don't have chip shot field goals getting blocked or missed outright. You're going to need a good performance from that. Moving forward, you're able to survive it with Rutgers, um, but you're probably not going to be able to do that against a competent opponent. Uh, and then the defense, you know, such a pleasure to continue to watch them grow. Um so excited for their future and really their their present is very good as well. Uh the continued excellent play of Marcus Oliver and T Grade Scales and uh and the secondary as well. Yeah, they had that busted coverage. Marcelino Ball got turned the wrong way. Uh but he's played very well also. Um so that's been great to see and and, and for me I, I I would like to give a uh you know major kudos to the passing game Yes, Richard Legault had those those back-to-back interceptions. Um, yeah, to me, it just looked mental lapse. Really, didn't, it didn't look like he saw either coverage, and that's that's not acceptable. You can't have that. But other than that, I think he played a pretty solid game. Uh, and the wide receivers, I thought, were excellent. Uh, Ricky yeah, Jones they made was all fantastic. The plays. Yes, Ricky Jones was fantastic. Mitchell Page had a nice day. Nothing stand out, but he had a nice day. Uh, uh, Nick Westbrook, another really, really good day for him. Donovan Hale had a nice catch. Uh, I think he had two receptions. And Camion Patrick, uh, just a really, Finally. really big play from him at a time when Indiana really needed it. Uh, they needed a shot in the arm. They needed a big play. Plus, they needed six points, and it had to come from a big play because the the any time we got inside the thirty, it was like a invisible wall went up and something terrible happened. So we were going to have to score from range. And I, at one point, I, I commented to nobody in particular because I'm you know watching the game with with my two young kids and my wife that don't care at all. But uh, you know, I, I said out loud. Might as well just throw it deep. We got to score from from long range because if we get inside the thirty, we'll screw it up. Sure enough, chuck it deep to Camion, forty yards, and he outleaps the defenders, makes the grab, and from that point on, that started the Indiana twenty to nothing run. Um, you know, I, I just I think that the wide receivers did a really good job of making the plays to be made for Indiana to escape all of their mistakes, uh, and that was the wide receivers have been pretty good all year. Uh, pretty good to excellent, I would say. And and they were outstanding on Saturday. For me, it's the reason they were able to win that game with the defense and the wide receivers. So uh, kudos to those guys. Um, yeah. And I, I think another thing that has to be said, yeah, I know that Indiana made a ton of mistakes. 
that being said, I think they do deserve some credit for, like you said, not panicking, not folding up, and just deciding, well, you know, we've, we've screwed this one up. We gave this game away. For for bowing up, making the plays in that 20 to nothing run that got you back from a deficit, took control of the game, and really had it in hand with, I don't know, whenever we got up, I think it was like five or six minutes left, game was really sealed. Rutgers scored uh, to, to cut it to a single possession, but it, it was you, you felt like it was over based on the way Rutgers had not been able to move the ball for such a long period of time. So I, they do deserve credit for kind of weathering through that adversity. Self-created for the most part, self-created adversity, but for getting through that and uh, not allowing those mistakes to wreck their season. Uh, against Wake Forest, the mistakes cost them that game. Against Rutgers, they did not. That's probably because Wake Forest is competent. Rutgers is not at this point, but Still, I think some measure of credit has to be given to Indiana's players uh, for for just doing enough to get that win, even though no one could could reasonably say as a team that they played a good game. Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 a lot of credit goes to, to Ricky Jones, who recovered a fumble somehow uh, deep, you know, late in the game with IU up by yeah. by two, and then they score on the next play. Then he also broke up two passes that were destined to be uh, interceptions. So I think it's finally that these seniors, you know, him and, and Mitchell Page, you know, Wilson said after the game that Ricky challenges every, everybody every day to play harder than he does. And he's a guy who, who will go out there and give 100%. And if you're going to beat Ricky Jones at that competition, um, it, it's good for both, you know, it's good for everybody uh, involved. Mm-hmm for the game. So, you know, I, you say that they did well enough. I think guys like Ricky Jones, he went above and beyond to do yeah. everything that he could uh, to make those plays. But uh, again, this is a game that maybe in the past IU does lose. It's a, it's a road game and road games are not easy, especially when you have everything uh, go against you, uh, whether it be, yeah. You know, fumbles, interceptions, uh, missed kicks, block kicks, everything that could go wrong almost did go wrong um, for IU. And it was good to see the resiliency of uh, both the offense and the defense um, to come back and get that fifth win. It was a, a very important win. If they don't get this one, we're probably sitting home uh, in December now you're you're yep. sitting. You've got three chances uh, to to win one uh, and get back to a bowl game. So uh, to me, yep. it, it was a huge win. Uh, we'll see what they bring against Penn State this week. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that bacon and legs well, package. Uh, yeah, TJ, before, before we like move on to was, that, I just one more note on the wide receivers or one question, I guess. I, well, yeah, based was, on what we were right we, about, based Kenyon. on what we know. Well, yeah, yeah, but. Based on what we know about Nick Westbrook and how hard he works and, and the physical talent that he has, uh, just try and project, do you think he can be the best receiver that Kevin Wilson has had at Indiana? Because I, I'm kind of ready Ooh, to say that, say that he can. That's tough. Um you know, you're talking about guys like Cody Latimer and um, 
Kofi Hughes, Simi Cobbs, uh, you know, guys like that. And Shane Wynn, we can't forget about that. Um, even though, you know, those are – each player is, is kind of different. But, man, it, it'll be, be a lot for him to – he he does, but he's you know is Simi better than Cody Latimer? Is is Simi better than Kofi Hughes? Those guys just caught footballs, and, and wherever yeah. Nate threw it up, they caught it, and and you know it's not saying that Nick Westbrook is bad, but it's you know he still has a ways to go to to be that that guy who's like a Cody Latimer or Kofi Hughes, or he could just throw it up and he's going to make a spectacular play and, and get it or be the guy that, you know, you could body up and, and he's the guy who you could throw to on a third and third and eight and get 11 yards. Now in the last couple of weeks, he has been, uh, but there, there was also, he still has a lot of physical development to go through. Could he pass them and be the best wide receiver that, that Kevin Wilson has had? It's possible, um, but it'll be very difficult just because the bar is set so high um, yeah. with, with the other guys who have been here. But it, it's certainly possible, and, and you'll have to you know, feel comfortable going into next year. Even though you lose Paige and, and Ricky Jones, you get Simi Cos back and Nick Westbrook uh, and, and some other guys back, and, and some of these freshmen that are coming through the pipeline too uh, with Jonah Morris and – you know, Justin Barry, yeah. who's a, a wide receiver who won scout team player of the week this week. Uh, and you yep. have some other guys, uh, you know, the banker the names, banker Khalil, um, not Khalil Mack, um, Taysier Mack, sorry. Taysier Mack, yep. those, those guys, this wide receiver group has a chance to be good for a long time. Uh, and so that's a, that's a credit to Coach Johns and, and his ability to coach the receivers and recruit. Um, which has kind of gone under the radar, uh, yeah, a, a little bit. When you people know, just want a couple of Raymond for play calling. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, you know, we we went into the season thinking, oh, we lost Cody, we lost Kofi, you lose, um, yep. you know, Bolser and uh, Dwees Wilson. And all you have left are, are Shane Wynn, Nick Stoner, and and a handful of other guys. And don't forget about Jason Harris. You know he could be back next year. We'll see how he's yeah. recovering from the second knee surgery. But he was a guy who's going to be a major playmaker uh, for for this team. So wide receiver, I think, you know Nick Westbrook could could reach those those levels. But uh, he's got a long way to go in terms of consistency. Yeah. And and making plays, but he he's got it off to a good start. So it's a tough question to to answer. But you know, it's the tradition of good receivers coming out of IU is going to continue with um, yeah. Nick Nick Westbrook and, and the next group coming up. So uh, no question about that. Anyway, yeah. DJ, let's uh, go into Penn State a little bit. Uh, I know we haven't researched it all that much, but this is a team coming in who's absolutely on fire. They've won yep. five in a row. They knocked off Ohio State in a game where statistically they might have not, shouldn't have had any business winning. Uh, but, you know, they knocked them off. They made plays when they needed to, uh, special teams plays when they needed to. Uh, and then they uh, just housed, uh, housed Iowa last week um, at home. So you know, the game's at noon. Is, is this a classic letdown game um, for Penn State? 
Well, it could be that I, I think usually, for me anyway, those tend to come about when a team is coming off of a big game, plus they have one coming up somewhere in their schedule. Um, really, Penn State doesn't have – they finish after the Ohio State game. Uh, it, it really finishes very soft for them. Uh, Indiana was the toughest – at Indiana was the toughest game they had left on their schedule since Iowa's offense is just a complete dumpster fire right now. Uh, yeah, but that's just, a – it's a nice – It's anything, so – yeah, the opponent might not have been uh, as difficult, but it is a night game in Happy Valley, yeah. and you're no, just up yeah. and, and all that stuff. So to me, yeah, I think Indiana's you know, tough they had left. So I, yeah, they have, I think um, I think the letdown game could happen for sure. But yeah, they have an eight I, o'clock game at Rutgers and and Michigan State to close out the year. So this is yeah. you know they're going to be in the top ten probably in the playoff polls when they come out tomorrow. To me, yeah. it's you know, it, it might be a trap game. You know, do you – they're red hot. Like, they've won five yeah. games in a row. Uh, Saquon Barkley is looking like the Saquon Barkley we predicted, uh, where he's leading the Big Ten in rushing. Uh, looks all world uh, back there. Trace McSorley is doing a, a very nice job uh, back at quarterback, and, and the defense looks like it's back uh, to being a typical Penn State defense. Now they get – they got Brandon Bell back. He hasn't played as much over the last couple of weeks uh, as he did against Ohio State. But, you know, they're getting these guys back at linebacker that they were missing earlier in the year uh, and, and become a very tough uh, defense once again. And, you know, this is the most success they've had uh, probably um, in in five, five or six years. So it's how are they going to handle it? Um, coming into Memorial Stadium, it'll, it'll be a noon game. Um, we all know how those noon games go. Uh, IU will be fired up for it. It's a chance to become bowl eligible uh, and not have to worry about uh, trying to win at Michigan or, you know, anything could happen in a rivalry game. Uh, so, you know, what, what else do, should we take away from this Penn State game coming up? Yeah, i preview them more in depth later. But uh, they, like you said, Saquon Barkley, uh, 100% healthy. Um, and he's playing like it. I mean, they've they've really got him going. Uh, the offense, very interesting. They they do not throw a whole lot, but when they do, they tend to throw pretty deep down the field. A lot of deep shots to a talented group of wide receivers. Off of that, they'll they'll set up their run game to set up that play action deep pass. And Saquon Barkley is is really uh, the definition of a lead back. I mean, he's going to get. 85, 90% of the carries that they have. McSorley's going to carry the ball some as well. And they actually had Tommy Stevens come in on this last game, former Indiana commit uh, from Decatur Central. Tommy Stevens came in, and he had 70 yards rushing. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't expect to see much of that, but, you know, we might even see a little bit of him as well in kind of a Xander Diamond-type role where he's going to come in and be primarily a runner. Uh it's it's going to be very interesting to see how Indiana's defense, which has done very well against the run, with the exception of the first half of the Maryland game, really, uh, and they they adjusted there and did very well. So this this will be another stern test for them. 
the secondary is going to have a big test as well against those deep passes, and they've done well against deep balls so far uh, as long as they don't get turned around in coverage, which has rarely happened. So I, I like, overall, I kind of like the matchup defense versus Penn State's red-hot offense, but the thing that concerns you is Penn State's run defense has really come around, and it, it's looking like a very strong unit. Indiana's run game, that's kind of question marks whether or not they can get that going. They're not going to have Mike Majette this weekend, unfortunately, so you're left without Majette, without Cole Guest, uh, kind of a question mark of explosiveness in that run game. So that's going to be a concern for sure. Um, and it's it's just very um, to a, a big game like this and feel like you match up decently with a very good offense uh, because of your defense. But on the other hand, you you don't feel great about moving the ball that much on Penn State's uh, Penn State's run defense. It's going to be very critical for Richard Legault to be on and not make the mistakes that we've seen him make. We know he's very capable of making good throws. We also know he's very capable of making those two to three really bonehead plays that cost you uh, because Penn State secondary is capable of of making you pay for them. Uh, I I don't really – haven't studied it too much in depth as far as the matchup goes, but I feel like Penn State – is a legitimate one of the best 10 teams in the country. Uh, and I, I think the line opening up at Indiana, uh, only five and a half point underdogs when it opened, I think that kind of indicates that as well. Um, there is a shot here for Indiana if they play very well. The problem is that they've made so many mistakes here uh, in recent games mixed in with some really spurts of really good play that you're not exactly sure if they're capable of putting together 60 minutes of uh, really quality, solid, mistake-free football. So um, it's a game that you you feel like Indiana has a legitimate shot in. Um, They're not going to be overwhelmed by Penn State physically. I don't have any doubt about that. But Saquon Barkley might be the Big Ten's Offensive Player of the Year right now. and the matchup to watch is going to be him going against IU's defensive line and, and uh, Indiana's linebackers, which are playing. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that IU's two linebackers are playing as well as any duo in the conference at the linebacker position, and that's that's saying something. There's a lot of good linebackers in this league, but I feel real good about Scales and Oliver, and I feel pretty good about the defensive line now that Robert McCray is back and playing well, plus Green and Hoff. I think they'll be able to do a pretty decent job against Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's going to tear the defense up, but he is going to get his because he's a really good player. So the question is going to be, can Indiana's offense keep up with with that and avoid the mistakes, uh, especially once taken inside the scoring, uh, scoring zone because that has been uh, a real nightmare that has continued pretty much every week with the exception of the Maryland game. Um, so I, I guess I'm hedging my bets here saying that I, I feel like Indiana has a real chance and the Penn State's not that great. They are playing extremely well, and they they deserve to be to have the record that they do. 
but I don't think they're one of the ten best teams in the country, and I do think Indiana's going to keep this game pretty close. Yeah, I I, I agree, and we'll get more uh, into more detail on Wednesday when we have our pregame podcast. But yeah. this is, you know, to me, it's a chance for, and we'll see what the turnout is like as well. You're now have a team that's over 500. They've won two in a row. Um, yes, they played poorly um, at times against Rutgers, but you have a top 10 team coming in. Uh, yes, it's at noon, but it's a, you know, a national televised game on ABC. It, it's a chance yeah. to get bowl eligible. Um, to me, you know, the, the crowd's going to play a big factor in it. You know, Penn State hasn't been uh, this high in a, in a while. Will they bring people, um, or will this be a primarily pro uh, <laughs> IU crowd? Um, will, will students get up for the early kick? Will uh, people make the trek down after uh, a late basketball game on Friday night uh, with IU and Kansas in, in Hawaii? So, uh, to me, lots yeah. to go over on Wednesday, but, uh, you know, I feel pretty good about it. I, I feel pretty good about this team, and, um, you know, we'll see where we go from there. But that that does it for all the time we have, TJ. Thanks for joining us on the postgame show, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Yeah, one, one last question uh, regarding one of our favorite topics, helmets. Uh, is Indiana ever going to wear – I love the script Indiana helmets, but are we going to see a – uh, traditional IU logo helmet at any point this season. That's kind of weird that I don't I don't think we've seen it at all yet this year, and that's uh, that's kind of odd. But uh, I don't I'm not complaining about the uniforms, but I, I'm curious what you think uh, do against Penn State's all white uniform. They might go chrome. Again, I, really. I think they go chrome. What well, look they they won they beat Michigan State yeah. with chrome. They beat Maryland that's with true. chrome. You go That's with true. the hot hand, um, and then, uh, you know, we'll see what they do again. Michigan might be the best chance uh, that they have for the traditional IU uh, helmet. Yeah. And then Purdue, usually they, they've gone um, – State flag. They've gone with an alternate look. Uh, Purdue goes with the, the railroad helmet, yeah. and yeah. IU went with the ice last year. And then the, couple, the two years in a row before that, they went with the um, – you know, the the block eye look with uh, the two-tone helmet. So uh, we'll talk more about helmets on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. Uh, check back HoosierHuddle.com all week. Uh, we'll have you covered for this, uh, you know, t- uh, big matchup for IU trying to get bowl eligible. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. 
My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.